Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 3304 Sports Podcast. Colby and Birch, I'm going to be riding in a little bit solo with y'all here today. And we are here with yet another picks episode, week nine. Here at nine. We are a good way here in the pick season. It's been a lot of fun, been really, 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 really good. Math this year. Uh, <clears throat> along the way, I actually messed up a little bit. I thought that we, uh, Abby and I were going to be even this week. And I decided that one way or another, I was like, I probably messed up somewhere, right? I did. Not in my favor, though. Uh, well, actually, it would have been in my favor, but Abby was in, was not one game ahead of me. In fact, she was four games ahead of me. So now she is only three games ahead of me as the only game that we had different last week. I won, uh, which was Seahawks and Giants. I already said uh, that episode, which was funny. Uh, you know, I was, I was interested in seeing what all we lost, and we lost a good bit. Uh, you know, the only game that we did not lose together was the Seahawks Giants game where I took the Seahawks at home. She literally just took the Giants to uh, actually have a difference, uh, which, you know, shout out. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get at this point because I, I think this is the furthest I've ever been down. Uh, now, granted, you know, that doesn't mean it's, you know, I'm not down by much, but. I digress, right? So Abby, unfortunately, is not able to be on this episode. She is sick. Uh, send your well wishes to her. Um, hopefully, she's a little bit better now. Uh, she's, But she was under the weather, and she was uh, telling me earlier this week that she wouldn't be able to. So I will be shouting out every single one of our picks. Uh, I may throw in a little bit of analysis on some of the NFL trade deadline and some other things that happened recently. Uh, however... Uh, most of this is going to be running through the picks. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of decide at the end uh, whether I want to throw some trades in or not. This is the third recording today. Very, very long week for your boy. Uh, so ultimately, we'll, we'll see how your boy feels. Maybe I'm falling out of my chair a little bit and I'm like, I can't go anymore. But we'll see how we go. So with that being said, the first game, ironically enough, is a Friday night game. I thought I was going to be able to get this out before Friday night because I had a lot of stuff to focus on Thursday and Friday. But unfortunately not. It is Oregon State, though, versus Washington, a ranked Beavers going into Huskyville, looking to come out on top with a win. Uh, ranked Beavers, of course, because the CFP rankings finally came out. Uh, big shout out to uh, my Wildcats because Wildcats were actually ranked really, 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 really high. They were put at 13. I was not expecting that at all and love it. So big shout out Kansas State. But with this in mind, a matchup of two very strong Pac-12 teams, teams that have both been ranked during the season. And thank the Lord above that I, I'm not doing this while the game is live, because if I was, I would be really sad right now or happy. Uh, you know, maybe it would have swayed things. So thank the Lord it is not. Ultimately, uh, it, it comes down to this for me. First of all, when I looked at the all-time series, or at the very least in recent years, Washington has absolutely dominated, uh, and they won the last game in the series, uh, I do believe. But on top of that, just, just look at the stats, right? Oregon State, their lead quarterback, Chance Nolan Jr., pretty decent, but 900 yards, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. I actually take back the pretty decent, but... You know, 66 completions on a 111 attempts, kind of crazy how that lines up. But, yeah, Nolan having to take over for uh, Ben uh, Gulbrinson, the freshman, or actually maybe it's the other way around. I will go ahead and double-check on that. But 
Oregon State has been struggling. Like they had a pretty hot opening, but after that hot opening, they've just kind of been eh. They, they've, they've come back recently. Goldprinson has taken over for Nolan. Uh, honestly, he may have taken over midseason. I don't know if any injury or anything. Um, Oregon State has certainly competed in games. They only lost to USC by three at home, uh, but they also were blown out by Utah, barely beat Stanford. Um, but they are now on a four-game winning streak after losing two in a row, taking that trip to Huskyville. Huskyville, uh, the uh, Washington Huskies are favored by four and a half. But this is just a tale of quarterbacks, right? So the freshman right now in charge of the Beavers offense, uh, that being Goldbrinson, has done a great job, actually. 818 yards, uh, five less completions than Nolan, but on 11 less attempts. Uh, so 61% completion percentage, pretty decent. Five touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, the freshman's certainly doing a little bit of the job here. Um, but ultimately, Michael Penix is just great. He's absolutely refound himself here in Washington. Uh, he has thrown uh, on this season thus far 2,900, yes, almost 3,000 yards, averaging 8.7 yards per attempt, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, and I'll check, but I don't know if his rushing game has been great. Yeah, no, he doesn't really have much of a rushing game. But Michael Penix has absolutely found himself here in Washington. What an incredible transfer for the young man. And, you know, either if it's this year he comes out uh, for the NFL draft or I would hope for him next year, I think he's definitely raised his draft stock by a lot. Certainly a guy that could go and be a second or third string on an NFL team. Really good job for Penix Jr. Um, so with that in mind, I, I've just got to go Washington. Washington has the better pieces on offense. Uh, the only games that they've lost this season are away from home. Every single other one they have won at home, including when they beat Michigan State when they were ranked earlier this year, uh, including blowing out Stanford, uh, including beating Arizona by 10. And then they did have a little bit of a struggle game against California recently, but this is a really solid side, really talented side. And I think that Washington will ultimately come out on top in this matchup. Uh, not saying that it's going to be a blowout or anything, but I do definitely think that Washington will win this game comfortably, uh, you know, given the home crowd advantage, given the uh, Michael Penix has been dominant advantage. So give me the Wolfpack. Or Wolfpack. <laughs> Wrong dog. Give me the Huskies. Uh, and this is the first difference between Abby Nielsen and I is she takes the Oregon State Beavers, which does scare me a little bit, a little bit, you know, Pac-12 mind. Maybe I'm just in the complete wrong here. Next up is Oklahoma State versus Kansas. Oklahoma State getting skunked by the Wildcats this past uh, weekend in Manhattan are looking on their trip to Lawrence to not repeat that and, if anything, actually even drastically improve on that. And here's the thing, right? I really want to go Kansas. Actually, the, uh, the, the, the spread is even. You know, no favor of either side. It is dead even, fitty-fitty. Um, I really want to go Kansas so bad. My only concern with going Kansas is the fact that they've been struggling so much. Um, I don't believe Jalen Daniels is back. Um, I'll look and try to see what his bio says, but I do not believe. Yeah, he's questionable still for the matchup. Um, and I do like Jason Bean a lot. I mean, I've talked a lot of, you know, positive. I've said a lot of positive things about Jason Bean and he has earned every single praise. Like he has been good. Not Jalen Daniels good, but he has certainly been good. Um, 
ultimately it came down to this. Abby Nielsen took Oklahoma State. I was debating taking Kansas, but last week, if you guys do know, Oklahoma State, as I said, got skunked by Kansas State in Manhattan. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State because if I'm right, at least I get the pick. If I'm wrong, then I'm just kind of betting against Oklahoma State and getting my teams the dub. So that's my mentality for that one, quite uh, quite literally. I didn't go into any in-depth of offense and defense and anything. It's literally, I will bet Oklahoma State here if they win, cool. If they don't, even better. So I will take it 100%. Next up, continuing the Kansas trend is a little bit of a ranked matchup here as the Wildcats are going to be going ahead in, in Manhattan, uh, taking on incoming Texas, number 24 from CFP, Kansas State, as I mentioned earlier, 13 CFP, Texas is favored. And this is 100% Vegas talking, right? Uh, Texas was heavily favored against Oklahoma State, and I said that was a surprise. And, uh, you know, I was like, there's no way. And then Oklahoma State beat them pretty comfortably. Uh, Texas as well uh, it is coming off the bye, so I could see that bye week rest certainly benefiting the Longhorns, but Abby and I both go with the Wildcats here. Again, they, they, they just dominated what we all thought was one of the top teams in the Big 12, and still is, mind you, but they absolutely rolled Oklahoma State. So to say that Kansas State is going to lose in Manhattan in its second game back at home when basically all they have to do is just get another win. And honestly, they're kind of set for the Big 12 championship game. I mean, they have Baylor. Uh, Baylor's a game behind them. But then West Virginia and Kansas are both not. Kansas 2 and 3 are two games behind the uh, Cats. And then West Virginia is 1 and 4. Uh, with possible head coach firing watch from what I've uh, seen online. So with that being said, got to go with really, 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 really Wildcats. Really excited for this one for Kansas State. I don't know why it's so in favor of them. What I will say is, is the biggest thing of this matchup is the two best B12 running backs coming against each other. This is a dream. Vaughn and Robinson, I really hope we're going to put on a show worth watching coming from Manhattan, the little Apple. Next up, we talk about the North Carolina matchups between uh, two programs not named Duke and UNC as Wake Forest takes the trip to uh, NC State to take on the Wolfpack, who just came uh, or coming off of a come-from-behind victory against Virginia Tech. And both Abby and I in this matchup are taking NC State. Look, when NC State were playing at the end of that game, like that late third quarter, early, and then throughout the fourth quarter, you were in Incredible. Granted, they were given a really good field position off of multiple kickoffs in a row, but MJ Morris looked great. Like you, like if you watch that game, you can understand exactly why the Wolfpack recruited MJ Morris. Uh, the Wolfpack for years have been really good at recruiting low-key quarterbacks. Uh, you know, remember this was the same school that brought in Russell Wilson uh, and before he went to Wisconsin. This is the same school that brought in Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, there's another quarterback I'm certainly forgetting. Of course, Devin Leary, someone who's probably going to do at least something in the NFL, whether it's practice water, whatnot. MJ Morris is on that track as well. MJ Morris is incredible. Uh, he was he was actually impressive to watch. Like I wasn't even 
you know, uh, any bit annoyed uh, watching Virginia Tech kind of uh, lose that lead because MJ Morris is really impressive in the air. Um, I think the Wolfpack has a better defense than Wake Forest. Wake Forest has been highly inconsistent, including they're coming into this game after getting trounced by Louisville, uh, Louisville winning 48 to 21. So I don't have any faith in this Wake Forest team. Uh, they are in a hard stretch now with the Louisville loss. They have ranked NC State, ranked North Carolina. Guess what? Uh-oh, ranked Syracuse. And then they finish off with Duke, a team that has certainly been surprising a lot of people in the ACC. Um, I, I do, you know, <laughs> I, I feel bad for Demon Deacon fans because I feel like the, like the train's really going to be going off the rails here towards the end of the season for them. Uh, the Wolfpack are going to go ahead and win. Uh, and really, I think the rest of the season for Wolfpack is just kind of looking good to say, hey, the MJ Morris era is upon us and we are going to be uh, great with him. Next up now. Uh, the last ACC matchup before we break off into a, another uh, portion here of college ball, actually the last ACC matchup in general, and it is going to be Georgia Tech versus Virginia Tech. Uh, the battle of the Techs, this is a hard one, but I'm going to go with the Hokies here. This is the first time I've actually gone uh, you know, betting with the Hokies in a bit, and here's the specific reason for it. It's because Virginia Tech has been getting better and better, like noticeably. Just look at the score lines, right? Uh, for Virginia Tech, they were blown out by West Virginia at Lane Stadium. Then they were blown out uh, by North Carolina in, well, North Carolina. And then they got a little bit better. You know, So they lost by 23, and they lost by 31. Then they lost by 16, and then they lost by six, and then they lost by one. Granted, I have said that there is the fear of the coming out of the bi-week game plan strategy and, you know, now Virginia Tech's kind of like in uncharted territory, possibly, but Georgia Tech's in uncharted territory because they're with, uh, you know, their head coach got fired. So I think that some way, somehow, Virginia Tech is going to get a win in what I think is going to be a really bad game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I actually uh, talked with uh, someone who works with uh, Georgia Tech. A uh, big shout out to Rahul. Um, and he and I were talking about uh, this game as well. And I said, this is going to be one that you're going to be banging your head against the wall, um, watching it. But some way, somehow, Virginia Tech is going to be able to come out on top, uh, whether they play the better game or not. Uh, they'll come out on top in a very, very small win. Uh, not a lot of points. I said 16-13 was my full prediction for Virginia Tech. But I guess we'll see. Moving on, though, uh, another big game, a game that would have been a lot more exciting until the current core form of one side. Actually, no, this is that's a different one. This one's actually exciting because of the hot form of both sides. And I'm talking about a non-conference matchup, Liberty versus Arkansas. Really big and exciting game. I'm actually really pumped for this uh, just because both sides have done really well. I mean, uh, again, if you look at Liberty – uh, this year, their only loss has been to Wake Forest, right? Uh, their, their loss to Wake Forest was by one point, and it was in Winston-Salem. That's an impressive loss for a team that's not in the Power Five Conference, and for a team that lost its uh, leading man, after, you know, their, their leading man for years in Malik Willis, the NFL draft. Um, beating ODU by multiple drives uh, in Norfolk, 
uh, beating UMass comfortably, but that's also UMass. But the biggest thing here for Liberty is they're coming off of blowing out BYU, 41 to 14. It does not get much better than that. BYU literally first, uh, first quarter scored two touchdowns. The rest of the way, it was Liberty. They scored, Liberty scored, and I quote, 38 unanswered points against the Cougars. That's incredible. How did you mess it up that bad? Like, Jaron Hall didn't even seem like, at least statistically, he had a dreadful game. 16-34, 187, two touchdowns. That's not horrible, but, like, what happened? What, what happened? I'm, I'm so confused, which confuses me for how I think this matchup is going to go because, ultimately, this is a battle of offenses. I would not be surprised if this game was 100 points uh, between the two sides. Not saying that it will be, but I'm saying I would not be surprised because both teams' defenses kind of lack, but both teams' offenses are incredible. KJ Jefferson has taken a massive leap forward this year. He was already pretty good last year, but now he's really, really good. Uh, and then for the opposite end for the Flames, Jonathan Bennett has had a very solid season for them. Uh, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions is not a great ratio, but not too, too bad. He's definitely led the way for the Flames. Uh Abby and I in this matchup, uh, as we have for the past few, both go the same side. We're both going to go Arkansas. Arkansas also coming off of blowing out BYU, but they blew out BYU uh, in Utah. I think that's a little bit more of an impressive win than Liberty's. Um, add on to that, that Arkansas is also coming back home after a three-game away stretch uh, where they went two and one. I uh, got blown out by Mississippi State, but then uh, blew out BYU at their home stadium and then won by uh, two scores against Auburn. Uh, Arkansas is on a roll. KJ Jefferson's on a roll. This is a pretty solid team. Suey Pig. Go Arkansas all day, every day. And we were talking about BYU a bit. <laughs> this is a team that has certainly fallen off from the team that uh, was really kind of moving the ball recently and the team that's actually been pretty successful uh throughout the past couple of years as the Cougars are taking the trip to Boise State uh, to play Boise State uh six and two versus four and five uh Boise State has certainly had a pretty good season thus far solid team but Abby and I actually have a difference on this one I'm gonna go with Brigham Young to be Boise and this isn't you know any, any, you know, any one way or another about it, my reasoning for going BYU rather than Boise State is that if you look at Boise State, they have not been impressive this season. I mean, just look at their offensive stats overall. Uh, they did have Hayden Bachmeyer or Hank Bachmeyer, um, and then they switched him out. I believe he was someone that was rumored to be looking for a transfer like about a month ago. Um, and Taylor Green, the freshman, has been all right, but Still four touchdowns, four interceptions, not a great ratio. Uh, he also has some ground game to him as well, five touchdowns on the ground. So definitely helps out a lot in looking at his stats. Taylor Green has been very impressive. Don't get me wrong. But this is a Boise State team that hasn't played too many great opponents, right? Look at the last three teams they beat. Colorado State, Air Force, Fresno State. Air Force is not that great of a team. Let's keep it a buck. They're not. And then... Also, looking at Fresno State, Fresno State is a team that's drastically fallen off 
from last season's success. And it's really sad because this is a team that used to be really, really good with Jake Hayner. Uh, I don't know if Jake Hayner's injured right now. I saw that the, they've actually been starting someone different, uh, Fife, uh, a sophomore, Logan Fife from Tracy, California, uh, has been getting a lot of the workload. I believe that, honestly, that probably is Hayner probably being, no, it says he's active. I don't know. Guess maybe he's looking for a transfer. I guess we'll see. But um, Boise State hasn't really played anymore. Uh, SDSU, one of, the worst uh, one of the worst teams in the nation, I do believe. Fresno State, uh, a team that has been doing very poorly. Air Force, not that great. Colorado State, one of the worst teams in the nation. And the teams that they've lost to is Oregon State when they took the trip to Oregon, losing by 17. And they lost to UTEP, losing by 17 as well. Now, they aren't on the road. They're at home. But I do have Boise State losing to BYU because BYU's offense is just better. It is just a better offense. Boise State put up 49 against Colorado State, put up 35 against SDSU, only put up 30 against UT Martin. Uh, this is a team that can get into the 30s. I think they ha- it looks like they have, I think, about half the time this season. But for BYU... Uh, ultimately being able to put up those types of points isn't too far-fetched. They have struggled a lot, and that's honestly mostly why I'm going with the Cougars in this matchup. They're on a four-game losing streak, and this is a team that is too good to continue on a four-game losing streak. That's like really solely what I'm basing this pick on, is BYU is too good to continue losing as they have been they're going to find the points. They're going to outpace Boise State. And ultimately, maybe this is a high-scoring matchup. I do think, though, the Cougars do come out on top and finally come back into at least a little bit of winning form, uh, get themselves up to 500 before the last two games of the season, which should be pretty easy against Utah Tech and Stanford. Following that, we have a, a really interesting one because this slate of games this week, admittedly, was not that exciting. So. We decided, uh, or at least I decided, to, for the first time ever here, uh, I believe it was the first time ever uh, talking about a Friday game, or the very least talking about a Friday game midseason, but this is definitely a first time ever. We are taking a spread game, right? And this one is going to be Ohio State spread over Northwestern. So basically, either we think that Ohio State is going to get the 38-plus or Northwestern is going to be inside the 38 that they're projected to lose by. Uh, I mean, if, if you guys have bet, you kind of know what's going on here. We're taking Ohio State here, Abby and I. Um, I mean, come on. Northwestern just lost to Iowa. Not only did they just lose to Iowa, well, Northwestern just allowed Iowa to put up 30 points on them. You need to know how bad you are to allow Iowa to put up 30 points on you, that'd be pretty freaking bad. I mean, literally, the, you know, the Iowa Hawkeyes have not come close. Eh, they have come close to that score once. They put up 27 points against Nevada. But that's Nevada, the team that just lost, you know, basically everything uh, in their recruiting cycle over the past something-odd years with – uh you know, Carson Strong and Romeo Dowds. So to allow Iowa to score the most points it has all season against you is kind of embarrassing. Uh, Ohio State is incredible. They are not going to get slowed down by freaking Northwestern. 
all Ohio State's doing now after coming back and beating Penn State is they're just kind of cruising through games, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. They're just going to be cruising through just to get to Michigan uh, in uh, you know the week of Thanksgiving to where then they can beat the Wolverines and then they can go for the Big 12 or Big 10 championship game. That's all the Buckeyes are looking at at this point. Northwestern is just way out of their minds. They do not care. Ohio State's going to lose. Next up, and I think, you know, other weeks that this would be the biggest game of the season, but this is the second biggest game of this week. It is certainly a fun one as Alabama takes the trip to Louisiana to play Brian Kelly in his first year in charge of the Tigers. Um, this is honestly a really good game. Um, one thing I meant to do before this was I was meaning to look up Alabama versus LSU history uh, on Winsipedia because I've been stupid. And actually, you can click onto a full games thing and see how it's gone. And ultimately, I mean, a lot of the games between these sides are close. Now, I think the bad news is, it looks like it was kind of going into off years of how close it was, but now I see that there's sometimes where it wasn't. I mean, last season when LSU was dreadful, the Alabama only won 20 to 14 in Tuscaloosa. Uh, then they blew them out the year prior, uh, the year after they lost Joe Burrow. Then the year prior to that, Joe Burrow year, they won uh, LSU won by five, uh, 29 to nothing Alabama. 24 to 10 Alabama, 10 to nothing Alabama, 30 to 16 Alabama. So first of all, I think the spread is a little bit disingenuous uh, to the strength of this LSU team. It is a 13 point favorite Alabama coming into Louisiana and Louisiana, LSU has certainly been good at home outside of a blowout to Tennessee. Uh, they shut out New Mexico. They put up a strong performance against Mississippi State. Uh, they did lose to Florida State week one, but that's week one, and Florida State's been a pretty good team this year. So, you know, I'll, 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 you know, I'll give them a slack on the wrist for that. And then they just blew out Ole Miss last week. Um, originally, I thought the Ole Miss game was going to be the one set up for Alabama to possibly be the trap game for them. This is the trap game. This is it right here. LSU, incredible team, has been really well led by Brian Kelly first year, really Great job from Jalen da Jaden Daniels, the transfer, an absolute unit for this team. Most rushing yards and most passing yards still. Uh, last time we talked about LSU, he was at this point, and he's still most rushing yards and most passing yards. It is impressive how good this young man has been. 12 touchdowns, one interception in the air, nine rushing touchdowns, averaging almost 70% completion rate. Jaden Daniels has been so good. So in a game, you know, coming into Baton Rouge to take on LSU, I'm deciding to be bold and take LSU. This Alabama team just isn't it for me. Like, I like some of the uh, components of it, right? I love Bryce Young. I really like Jameer Gibbs. I think, uh, you know, I love Will Anderson. I think that there's some good pieces on this Alabama team. But this is an Alabama team that kind of has been struggling. Of course, losing to Tennessee a couple weeks ago. And then they uh, blew out Mississippi State the week prior. They've taken a bye week to now, uh, you know, to rest up before playing LSU. 
LSU, of course, has taken a bye week as well. Both teams have had the week to prep for one another. And I think that this is going to be a game where Alabama just maybe it's not out coached because it's kind of hard to out coach Nick Saban. He's really good at what he does. But it's a game where LSU just gets it. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that they want this, they are hungry to beat Alabama. This is a statement game for Brian Kelly. Saturday night football, 7 p.m. on ESPN. If Brian Kelly is to win this game, when so many other head coaches, particularly his assistants, when so many other head coaches have tried and failed for years in a row, if Brian Kelly were to come in in day one, beat Nick Saban, that is a monumental moment for this program. Give me LSU. Abby's taken Bama. I wanted to be a little spicy with this game. I'm really excited for it. I think that this one is going to be good and one where, you know, there is a lot more of, you know, a little bit of a toss-up for this one for me comparatively to the other game. Um, at the very least, based off our opinions, as this one, the afternoon game in the, the SEC, is certainly my game of the weekend. This game is going to be phenomenal. Tennessee versus Georgia. One versus three. Originally, Georgia was one, Tennessee's three. Uh-uh. CFP said, nah, Tennessee's one, Georgia's three. What's Georgia done this season? Nothing. And that's what Abby and I are going off of. Tennessee takes the trip to Athens and beats Georgia. Hedden Hooker has been incredible. Listen to these stats, right? 156 completions on 219 attempts, 2,300 yards in the air, 21 touchdowns, one interception. Stetson Bennett has a little bit more passing yards on almost 50 more attempts with I think 30 more complete, yeah, 30 more completions, but he only has nine touchdowns and three interceptions. Like, I, I don't understand when people are, you know, complaining about Hennon Hooker. Like, Hennon Hooker is one of the top prospects in this draft, period. End of story. He is. So, Hennon Hooker, <laughs> at, at this point, is going to comfortably break his stats from last season. Uh, outside of maybe the touchdowns, uh, he's just been incredible. And when you look at Georgia's schedule, right? Georgia, who have they played? They played Florida last week. Florida's mid. They played Vanderbilt the week prior. Vanderbilt. They played Auburn the week prior. Auburn. They played Missouri the week prior and almost lost away from home. They played Kent State. The week prior to that, they blew out South Carolina and South Carolina. They blew out Oregon in the first game of the season, the Chick-fil-A kickoff. And this is a team who it's now in its fourth game at home against Tennessee. First of all, the spread is so disingenuous to Tennessee. I said that for, L for LSU, but it's Georgia favored by nine? Nine, really. For a team that has literally played one ranked team, mind you, a team that was ranked week one. This is a team that has played one ranked team. 
and they're favored to win by almost 10 points. I don't care that you're in Athens. Tennessee has had the by far harder schedule, beating ranked Kentucky at home dominantly, beating ranked Alabama. Also, it's Alabama at home, almost putting up 100 points in the game. Actually, they just went over 100 points, 101. They beat LSU, the team that I have going over Bama, in Louisiana, dominantly. They struggled against Florida, but I think that was the first time they beat Florida in, like, years or something like that. Like, they had a really horrible record against them. They beat Pitt when Pitt was good in Pennsylvania. Not a blowout, but this team was starting to get into its form, and it really started to kick into stride when they blew out LSU in Louisiana. Tennessee is going to show why it is the number one team in the nation when it beats Georgia. I'm not going to say they dominate Georgia because that's dumb. <laughs> I, I, I would feel dumb saying that because Georgia is still Georgia. They're one of the most talented rosters in the nation. But Tennessee is going to go in there, and they are going to be in control in the front seat the whole way, and Georgia is just going to be mad because they can't do anything about the Volunteers. Tennessee wins. Abby and I have three differences in college football. Let's move on to the NFL. Hawks and Cards, pretty decent game, but the Seahawks have already won. I do not know why the Arizona Cardinals are favored in spread outside of the fact that they're at home. That is the only reason that they're favored, I think, and they're favored by, I'm trying to look it up here, two. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. The Seahawks are definitely winning this game. They're just the better team, plain and simple. Like, there, there doesn't have to be much, much analysis into it. They're the better team, and they've already beat the Cardinals. What, what else is there to say? DeAndre Hopkins is certainly a factor for this matchup, but they had Marquise Brown when they played them too, and they still lost. Give me the Hawks. Abby's riding with me. We are still on the same page NFL-wise, only three differences so far, that being the Bama game, the BYU game, and the Washington game. But they are going to – we are going to go ahead and split uh, – go our separate ways for this matchup. Raiders versus the Jaguars in Jacksonville, two teams that really should not be as bad as they are. Las Vegas is favored by two. Uh, McDaniels has had a horrible, horrible, horrible showing um, as the head coach of Las Vegas. Ha, 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 and Jacksonville has, uh, I can't say horrible, because this is a team that could have three wins if they actually beat Washington uh, in Washington. This is a team that only lost to Philly by a drive, uh, lost to Houston by a drive, a really shocking loss. Like, in fact, if you look at Jacksonville, they have lost their last five games by one drive. Eagles by eight. Then they lost to the Texans by seven. Colts by seven. And the Colts had to come back to win that game. Giants, they lost by six. Broncos, they lost by four in London. You know, it wasn't even in Jacksonville. In London. So, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't get me wrong. I think that this is a really talented team. But, I mean... Jacksonville doesn't have anyone that can cover Devonta. <laughs> like, I, I want to say Jacksonville wins this game. I'm not going to lie. Like, Abby took Jacksonville. 
But Las Vegas just came off of getting skunked by New Orleans, 24 to nothing. Devontae Adams did nothing. Derek Carr did nothing. It was an embarrassment of a performance. This team is going to have a fire lit under its behind. They're going to come out and they're going to go no mercy against Jacksonville. Maybe not, you know, the fact that, you know, they blow them out or anything. I think it's still just a drive loss for Jacksonville as they're just trying to find a way to get a win back. Uh, And I'm looking at like weird games for them to do it. Maybe Baltimore, uh, Detroit's highly possible. Tennessee, I could easily see them taking a game from. The Jets, maybe Texans get a game back. They have the Titans again at the end of the season. I think that Tennessee is just kind of in the gutter right now, uh, and they are just not able to get out. And I think Vegas is going to be able to kind of coast off the coattails of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr to be able to get to a win in this matchup. Give me the Raiders, give me McDaniels, and we'll move on to the Chargers and Falcons, a game where you may be surprised by this, but Abby and I both go with the Falcons. Um, on paper, this is very surprising because most people, like, you know, casual fans are like, oh, look at the Chargers, right? Justin Herbert in really good defenses you've talked about and whatnot. Well, first of all, the defenses have been great all season. Uh, the secondary has been great. But more importantly, here's why the Falcons are winning. The Los Angeles Chargers are just unfortunately a walking metaphor. Keenan Allen is still is out again with his hamstring injury. He re-aggravated, over, re-aggravated it over the bye week. Mike Williams, I think, had like a high ankle sprain or something. He's out for a month. Uh, DeAndre Carter, their fourth receiver, might be out. Already lost Jalen Guyton at the beginning of the season. Donald Parham, uh, their number two tight end, is out for this game. Uh, obviously, Rayshon Slater was out for like the season a few weeks ago. J.C. Jackson, I think, was injured to be out for the season uh, last game, like right before their bye week. And yes, I know the Chargers are coming off the bye. I do think this is going to be like a relatively high scoring game. I don't think it's going to be like uh, the Chargers versus Jacksonville where Jacksonville just kind of like controlled the game completely. But I do think that the Falcons are going to come out on top. It's in Atlanta. Um, in the Chargers, they're really their only weapons are Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett. Um, and you may think that I'm forgetting Austin Eckler, but there's a possibility that Eckler misses this matchup as well. Uh, I think he has like some abdominal uh, abdominal injury, I think was what I saw. So there's a possibility that he misses this game as well. Uh, give me all day, every day Atlanta in this matchup. You know, not that they fully deserve to win, but to be fair to them, they have been trying to use Kyle Pitts more. Uh, and also, Arthur Smith, pay attention. The last two games you've won, two of the last three games, you actually decided to use Kyle Pitts. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, actually use your top five draft picks that you, you, know, you drafted, right? If they're your guys, actually freaking use them. Give me the Falcons. Kyle Pitts having one of his best games, uh, you know, of his career, his best game of the year, uh, I think, this past weekend. Uh, I think that he is going to continue on that trend for Atlanta and get Arthur Smith and the Falcons into a very strong standing here in the NFC South. 
currently in the lead of the South by a game, something I would have never anticipated. Next up, Packers-Lions, a really hard game. And originally, originally, I was going to go with the, the Lions in this one. But I've changed the Packers. Uh, I hate that I've done this because you guys know how much I love the Lions. But at the end of the day, it's this. The Lions are banged up still. DeAndre Swift, uh, Dan Campbell said, is still not at 100%. Josh Reynolds is banged up. DJ Chark on the IR. They just traded TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team that feels like they're waving the white flag this season. It's like, you know what? We've shown that we have some skill, but we're going to wave the white flag. We're going to take it one more year, one last ride with Dan Campbell. And if he can fix up that defense, then this team should certainly be in the playoff conversation. Um, I feel like that's what's going on. Green Bay is a team that they have lost their last four games. And first of all, they so they desperately need this win arguably more than Detroit because of the expectations put on this franchise by the media and by the team itself. Um, but on top of that, they actually looked decent against the Bills. Uh, it's a game where most people thought that they were going to get blown out. They only lost by 10 points. Um, not that bad, you know? <laughs> all, all things considered, not that bad. So... When I look at this game and Aaron Jones is finally getting more usage and he's coming up against one of the worst defenses, let alone one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. Um, I've got to go with the Packers. Uh, I can see Aaron Jones carrying them. I can see AJ Dillon having a great game. Uh, I think that the top Packers weapons are really going to be able to shine against Detroit and Detroit's going to keep up with the Packers for a good bit with like, you know, Amon Ra uh, leading the way in the receiving. I don't know why he's not showing up in the receiving yards for season leaders. Um, actually, you know, it may have been TJ Hawkinson who led in yards and then they traded him. Was that the thing? That'd actually be insane. That I'd laugh. <laughs> Hawkinson led them in season yards and they traded him. Oh, brother. I don't, oh, 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 no, no, no. Dang. Shout out T Hawk. Got him on my money league team. <laughs> But uh, give, give me give me the Packers. The Lions are holding. Uh, shout out Jamal Williams. Shout out Amon Ra. Uh, but Green Bay, I think, is going to steamroll the Lions. Uh, though, actually, I think I heard a stat that the Lions have covered against Green Bay the past five times they've visited there. But I don't care. Green Bay is going to steamroll them. Uh, it's going to be like, you know, 48 to like 27 or something. That's That's kind of what I think this game will end up as. Green Bay's offense actually looks good. And then they're going to come up against the Cowboys and they're going to very much struggle and probably lose. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's just Green Bay this season, right? I feel like that's just how the cooking crumbles for this team. Um, Bills versus Jets. I don't have much to say here. Uh, Abby and I both took Bills. Abby took the Lions in the last matchup. Um, it's, it's the Buffalo Bills. That's all I have to say. Um, ultimately, I, I'll add to this and say that the New York Jets offense is not great, but their defense is incredible. Literally, uh, I, I think it's like, I think the stat is that PFF said it is that the Jets have the by far worst offense, but the by far best defense, like 32nd offense in the number one defense. It's insanity. Um, Robert Sala really knows what he's doing. It, it, it's the opposite of Detroit. <laughs> I just realized that literally take this New York Jets defense 
and give it to Dan Campbell or give the Detroit Lions offense to Robert Sala, and that team's winning the Super Bowl. Like, that's how insane this is. Wow, that's that's actually really cool. I hadn't even thought about that. But, um, yeah, the Jets are in a really, really bad spot. Zach Wilson just does not look good. Um, and without Brees Hall, this offense is just continuing to look worse and worse. It's a really banged-up offense and also an offense that doesn't know what it's doing because it's deciding to not use Elijah Moore, also known as their number one receiver throughout last season. Give me the Bills. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be anything dominant. Uh, ESPN had a video where it says why the under is a safe bet. This game's going to go the under. Uh, I'm trying to even see what the under is. The under is 46. Oh, that's that's a safe one. Um, if you own Stefan Diggs in fantasy, I wouldn't expect much from him. Uh, Sauce Gardner has continued to be an absolute lockdown corner in the NFL um, coming from college football. But the Bills are going to win. Allen will find a way because it's Josh freaking Allen. He's he's really talented. So give me the Bills with one game left, the Sunday night matchup. And it is going to go ahead and be the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Tennessee Titans. And Abby and I both went the same way for this one. Again, it's it's 100% Kansas City. Kansas City's coming off the bye. They just picked up a great elite weapon in Kadarius Toney uh, and the Tennessee Titans are a team that have been struggling this season, barely winning games where they should be dominant. You know, they, they barely beat the commanders, uh, barely beat the Texans, though they dominated that matchup, uh, have barely beat the Colts twice. So the Colts both times have seemingly tried to throw the throw away the game to them. Uh, the Raiders threw the game away to the Tennessee Titans. This is the first really good opponent that the Titans have had in weeks. I mean, this is the first opponent that they've actually come up against with a winning record in weeks, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I digress. Um, it's, it's all Chiefs here. The Tennessee Titans defense is going to be overhyped. Uh, it's not that great. Ryan Tannehill can't keep this team up. Malik Willis can't keep this team up. Derrick Henry can do all he can on the ground. He just came off a 200-yard rushing day against Houston. He can certainly pull off an incredible game against Kansas City. But when Kansas City is leading by like 14 plus points, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel is going to be like, all right, I have to go start throwing the ball with Ryan Tannehill. And it's just going to go downhill from there for the Titans. It's not going to be a fun game. Sorry, Jake Lyman. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not going to be fun for your Titans. Uh, Kansas City 100% wins this game. Uh, there is not a shadow of doubt in my mind. If Tennessee wins, I'd be very shocked. Uh, and honestly, good for Tennessee if they win. But there, the, the the line is at 12 and a half in favor of Kansas City for a week or for a reason. Give me the Chiefs. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it. We've talked uh, talked a lot here about all these games, breaking down some stuff, ultimately talking about the picks. Uh, Abby and I have five differences this week. Uh, those differences, of course, being in the Washington Oregon State game that just started as I'm recording. Uh, BYU versus Boise State. Bama versus LSU, Las Vegas versus Jacksonville in the NFL, and then the Packers against the Lions. So very interested to see uh, where we both come out on uh, from this week. I am down three games in this series, and we'll go ahead and see what happens from here. But I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, 
please uh, go listen to some of the other episodes. Uh, I've recorded an onslaught of episodes today, three episodes. This is the third and final one. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to get all these out before uh, the Saturday morning football uh, with you know Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech here in Blacksburg. But we'll see what happens. Um, ultimately, though, I hope you all have a safe and healthy weekend. I hope you all, if you are in Blacksburg, enjoy the game. And ultimately, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day whenever you are listening to this. And I hope you all take care.